Today's episode is sponsored by Oxfam. Lauren, did you know that they have an online shop? Game changing, especially since they have over 160,000 books listed with new books being added every single day. It is an amazing place to hunt for unique books. There are even loads of rare signed and first editions to find. And also most of them are absolute bargains. And since we're always talking about which books would make excellent gifts, we are delighted to share that a key finding in Oxfam's 2022 survey about secondhand Christmas gifts was that books are the most popular secondhand gift, both to receive and to give. Cheaper for you and more special for the person you're gifting. And because of this knowledge, Oxfam are offering two free delivery promotions between the 2nd and 5th of December and then again between the 12th and 15th of December. So pop those in your calendars. And whilst you're there, you should probably make note of our discount code too, which will give you a further 20% off. Just visit www.onlineshop.oxfam.org.uk and use the code BOOKRECOS20. So this Christmas, shop secondhand. It's better for the people and the planet. And by shopping with Oxfam, you help to fight poverty and injustice around the world. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Today is the last podcast episode of 2022 and so it is time to celebrate the year. We're going to run through our top 10 books of the year and recap some of our favourite moments throughout 2022. We've had a whole year of podcasting again. I can't believe it. I'm also still in denial that 2022 is finished and we're about to have to start saying 2023. I think I've already been saying 2020. Like I've, I've believed that I keep saying last year about things that were this year. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not there yet. I'm but there. I, yeah, I can't believe we've done another year of podcasting. And I'm also a bit upset that we're not in person to do this one. True, but we were for the last one. Yeah. I can consider that as our last one, if you'd like. Okay. 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 Um, What I thought would be fun to do to kick off is something that the Kardashians do, and now me and my family do. Yeah. And now I kind of just do it every opportunity I possibly can. And it is the peak and the pit. So like when you go on holiday with your family, like, right, what's the peak? What's the best part of the holiday? And then you do the pit, which is like Uh the worst thing. And obviously you usually try to make it something minute so you don't make it seem like your holiday was shit. Yeah. So, peak and pit of this year of 2022. Yeah. Or um, actually, no, it can be book or just your general life. Well, genuinely, not even just saying this, peak has been launching the Book Records Reading Journal. Cute. Honestly, like it's one of those things where it felt like a pipe dream that we were like, oh, yeah, we should do this. Yeah. And I'm just really proud of us that we actually fucking did it. Yeah, me too. As if, like, we actually hold these physical things in our hands. Now. I know, I'm oh, really proud yours. of us. And we've really diversified all of Book Records this year, like, with the website and learning Don't all steal about... the other peaks that okay, I could sorry, use, because oh, I'm sorry, not going to use journal. What's your pit? <laughs> of um, 
I would you can say, just be the year. It doesn't have to be book records Um. Okay. Well, let's go on to your peak and I'll start thinking about it. Okay. Pick, Even though I harder. thought to do this, I hadn't actually prepared anything. Okay. I will peak it up with, uh, I mean, I got engaged, so I should mention that. Yes. Because that was a good thing that happened this year. Yes. But, like from a book records perspective, I just think we interviewed so many cool fucking people this year. Yeah. Who was your fave? Well, Maybe not that you're allowed talk to about have that those. in our top 10. Okie dokie. Do you know what I mean? Like All right. a few of them are going to pop up. Hold your horses. Okay, pit me, go. Oh, I wasn't ready, Jess. <laughs> um, I'm not either. I still haven't thought. Pit. Um, pit is... Oh, God, how real do we get? Um, <laughs> work's been quite stressful this year. That is pity. Yeah. 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 Okay, my pit is going to be having Invisalign for Christmas because Mm. Christmas is like constant snacking. You are just dipping into the celebrations all fucking day, man. I'm not going to be able to. That is a good point. I'm absolutely devastated. Next year, it could be your peak. Mm, it won't be because you're getting married next year. But... <laughs> Imagine if I get married and all these amazing, we're, we're bridesmaids <laughs> at our other friend's wedding, but my peak is that I can snack at Christmas this year. Yeah, I'm genuinely so excited for next year. I've got so much to look forward to. I'm very excited about it, but also stressed about the annual leave situation. I'm like really having to play some make like it work. clever we'll Tetris work. games. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll change. Yeah. You, you could change jobs if you need to. I'll just have to quit working. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those. Some timeouts. Don't need to fund the wedding, whatever. Just quit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was a fun game. It was. It was. It always is. (laughs) So on to the episode. We Mm -hmm. have both curated a list of top 10 books of the year. Most of them that are on our list, we have already discussed on the podcast in depth because they were cracking um some of them we've even interviewed some of the authors about so we'll re we'll just recap those we're going to run through them all and as a result some are going to be in more detail mm-hmm. than others yeah I think that is a good good plan um and we've also had a little bit of crossover with our lists haven't we so shall we start off with one of the books that has made it on both our lists yes please any excuse to talk about Cleopatra and Frankenstein by Coco Mellers. Honestly. <laughs> oh, you might remember this book for its beautiful cover with a portrait of a woman on it. Um, and it has been recommended by Pandora Sykes and has basically taken the mil- millennial world by storm, hasn't it? Mm. And not to do our own horn, but we did interview the wonderful author Coco Mellers on our podcast at the beginning of this year didn't we to chat all about her book it is um strange that our podcast episodes where we interview an author have less listens than when it's just us two chatting bullshit yeah because we get we get like we can see how many listens an episode has and stuff and I'm like guys 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 Coco's just shared so many fun things about her book like why are you not tuning in like <laughs> come on like come on over like because we are so excited about I them know. and they're always such good chat so I'm like guys yeah missing out. the only reason I think that is is because if somebody's not read the book yet they might be put off by thinking that there will be spoilers and guys 
you should know by now we do not give any spoilers for any books whether we interview the the author or not so crack on and also I um listened to Meg Mason discuss Soren Bliss before I read it when we went to that event and yeah. it actually added more gravitas for it me does, reading 100%. it. It 100%. Because I was reading it knowing all the like fun extra information yeah. she shared about characters or how she wrote things. And I feel like that would 100% be the case with our interview with Coco. She yeah. basically told us that one of the characters is based on her. Yeah, I love that. And I personally think it's a way to excite you to read a book Mm. that you know we would talk about a book on an episode wouldn't we but when you interview the author I think it's more like oh my god I now need to read this book because you've heard it from their mouth and their experience and you know what they wanted to create with it so shall I give a quick synop of the book in case people have read it listen to it listen in case to the podcast or not skipped that episode yeah because they thought, guys mm, go back interview. to it <laughs> hit them lauren <laughs> okay mm. new york is slipping from cleo's grasp sure she's at a different party every other night but she barely knows anyone her student visa is running out and she doesn't even have money for cigarettes but then she meets frank 20 years older frank's life is full of all the success and it excess that Cleo's lacks. He offers her the chance to be happy, the freedom to paint and the opportunity to apply for a green card. She offers him a life imbued with beauty and art and hopefully a reason to cut back on his drinking. He is everything she needs right now. Cleo and Frank run headfirst into a romance that neither of them can quite keep up with. It reshapes their lives and the lives of those around them, whether that's Cleo's best friend struggling to embrace his gender identity in the wake of her marriage, or Frank's financially dependent sister arranging sugar daddy dates after being cut off. Ultimately, this chance meeting between two strangers outside of a New Year's Eve party changes everything for better or worse. A perfect synopsis wow and synopsis also, is really hard to say with a fucking bracing <laughs> um also one of the scenes i most viscerally remember with this book is the opening which is on new year's eve and seeing as we're at that time of year where mm. it's about to be you know new year i think this is an even better reason to read it if you haven't already oh my god we should remind people on stories on new year's eve yes. i'm gonna toss that to you lauren Okay, I challenge accepted. <laughs> Make a note. Um, <laughs> but back to the synopsis, it's just like it perfectly encapsulates that, the, wow, another fun word to say with the phrase, <laughs> um, that, that like their whirlwind romance and how special they both are, but also so much of this book is about their friends because their friends uh-huh. like have their own chapters and like sub storylines. And like you remember how much I enjoyed Eleanor's ones in particular. You really did. We've talked about you? it since um and it's just like nothing else I've ever read I felt cool reading this book <gasps> that's such a good description you're so oh my right God. I should be a quote on the paperback shall I write to them and be like just so you know <laughs> I said this <laughs> felt that I cool think, reading this book I think this should be part of your marketing strategy mm-hmm. for next year um definitely I it just oozes cool mm. um and it's so visceral and I love how flawed how obviously flawed the characters are both when you read this book and it, that comes across in the blurb as well. And that's part of the draw of this book and how why it's so brilliant. Um, 
and also her new books about to come out Mm -hmm. Uh, she actually mentioned it on our podcast episode didn't she um so another reason to go back and listen to that episode if we haven't sold it to you Mm -hmm. enough already you're welcome uh her new book comes out next year and it's called blue sisters and it tells the story of three exceptional and exceptionally different sisters as they return to their family home in New York from their respective lives in Paris, London and LA. And it's in the wake of the death of their beloved fourth sister, which sounds both brilliant and heartbreaking, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of talked about that when we interviewed her. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Cleo and Frank, absolute must read. It's actually called Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Um, and I'm sure Blue Sisters will be too. Yeah. I'm going to shimmy us on over to another shimmy, book shimmy. that we've both read. Ooh. It's on both of our top tens. And it's another one where we interviewed the author. What's going to be? is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garnus. Oh, my God. Fucking phenom. All right, I I'm can't drop help but smile every time I think about this book. <laughs> okay, so it's about... <clears throat> A chemist called Elizabeth Zott, who is not your average woman. In fact, Elizabeth Zott would be the first to point out that there is no such thing. But in the early 1960s and her all-male team at Hastings Research Institute take a very unscientific view of equality. Except for one, Calvin Evans, the lonely, brilliant, Nobel Prize-nominated grudge holder who falls in love with, of all things, her mind. True chemistry results. But like science, life is unpredictable, which is why a few years later, Elizabeth finds herself not only a single mother, but the reluctant star of America's most beloved cooking show, Supper at Six. Elizabeth's unusual approach to cooking, combine one tablespoon of some sort of scientific acid that I can't pronounce, and a pinch of sodium chloride. (laughs) Definitely not with Invisalign. Definitely not with Invisalign. Um, proves revolutionary. But as her following grows, not everyone is happy because as it turns out, Elizabeth isn't just teaching women to cook. She's daring them to change the status quo. Oh my God. It is a historical fiction, if you didn't gather already from that blurb. And for people that don't usually like historical fiction, and Jess and I are both guilty of this, even though we both realise that we actually do fucking love mm. historical fiction. We did fiction. come to terms with that. We've come... Uh, 2022 has been the year that I've finally accepted that my lifelong belief of not liking historical fiction is indeed a lie. I and think it was because of this book as well, for, for me at least. I was, was like, it? hang on, this is so hispic and I'm here for it. Mm, interesting. Um, and in fact, two of my books from my top 10 this year fall into his fit so you fucking love it mate it's just a lie isn't it <laughs> but lessons in chemistry is just the most wonderful book it will make you happy it will make you angry it will make you sad it will make you feel empowered like bonnie has just Got nailed it. everything yeah um and we interviewed bonnie on our podcast this year as well that was a big peak because she is mm. fucking mainstream she is mega and Mm -hmm. it's about to come on apple tv as um as well next year right with Mm -hmm. brie larson so yeah i did see that apple cleverly named it like one of their books of the year and i was like yeah no shit apple you're about to produce a tv series be a bit rude if they didn't let's be (laughs) honest um she that episode 
we did with her as well gave so much extra insight into the characters, particularly Six, the dog. 630. 6.30. 6.30, yeah. I thought, yeah. thought I said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how some of the characters were like based on like real life people that she knew and like what it was like to write about science in a different period of time because like that's a bit of a head fuck. She's mm. not a scientist and like how do you, she's writing these like complicated qu- equations set in a time period where the knowledge we have today wasn't the knowledge we had like back in the 50s or wherever so 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 interesting yeah I love that and I'd never thought about like how some things weren't discovered back then yeah exactly yeah so cool um such a good interview like I I, I almost wish I'd interviewed Bonnie before reading <laughs> yeah yeah then read it I mean I'm gonna reread it yeah absolutely I think I'm gonna reread all of these as we talk about them to be honest um okay I'm gonna move us along Okay, keep us moving. This next keep book is another one that's on both of our lists. So clearly a top Ooh, okay. Um, And I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast before. I think if we have, have actually, no, we mentioned the author. So I'm going to tell you what the book is. I haven't <laughs> said it yet. It's Open Water by Caleb Azuma Nelson. And we mentioned him in our What Writers Read episode because he was one of the contributing authors. If you remember, he wrote about Zadie Smith and NW. Yeah. Um, but now I think we can do a bit more of a deep dive into open water. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> what a fun. <laughs> um, so See Lauren, did there. drop the sun up, would you? Okay, with pleasure. Two young people meet at a pub in southeast London. Both are black British. Both won scholarships to private schools where they struggled to belong. Both are now artists. He a photographer, she a dancer, trying to make their mark in a city that by turns celebrates and rejects them tentatively tenderly they fall in love but two people who seem destined to be together can still be torn apart by fear and violence at once an achingly beautiful love story and a potent insight into race and masculinity open water asks what it means to be a person in a world that sees you only as black a black body to be vulnerable when you are only respected for strength to find safety in love only to lose it. it Even only... the blurb, I feel emotional reading yeah. the blurb. It is only 160 pages, this book, and it is stunning. I think the fact that the book is only 160 pages and is in both of our top tens this year just says it all. Mm. I, I think we could leave it there, but we won't. Um, we won't. Because I remember, oh, it's just so brilliant. And I, you said this with lessons in chemistry, but I already cannot wait to read this book again. And I mm. would read it in a heartbeat, like pick it up now and just reread it. It's like, as you say, it's 160 pages. It's such a quick read, but it's one of those quick reads where you're like, oh no, I don't want it to finish. Yeah. And it's also like, it's a quick read that's slow paced. It's really slow paced in the most beautiful yeah. way, isn't it's it? It's like so lyrical and like you just, you will take your time with it because you're just like having to reread sentences because you can't believe how beautiful how they are. How beautiful they are, yeah. And so on that, I thought maybe we should like each share a quote. With pleasure. The entire book is quotable. The whole book is a quote. But let's like each pick one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the one I'm going to go for is, it's like maybe not even like the most special one, but I just really liked it, is... You dance through topics like two old friends, finding comfort in a language which is instantly familiar. 
you create a small world for yourselves and for you both only, sitting on this sofa, looking out at the world, which has a tendency to engulf even the most alive. Oh. I just love that little like the so like I can really visualize like sitting on yeah. a sofa and like no one yeah. else exists apart from you in this little bubble and you're just talking in your own yeah. little way that you both do with each other and yeah gorgeous so true and do you know what's most beautiful about this book is the love story isn't this amazing love story it's the most simple relationship isn't it mm. but what's beautiful is the mundane and how yeah. he writes the mundane just so poetically that it yeah my favorite quote is also um about the the relationship and it's you know that to love is both to swim and to drown you know to love is to be whole partial a joint a fracture a heart a bone it is to bleed and heal it is to be in the world honest it is to place someone next to your beating heart in the absolute darkness of your inner and trust that they will hold you close to love is to trust to trust is to have faith how else are you meant to love you knew what you were getting into, but taking the underground, returning home with no certainty of when you will see her next, it is terrifying. Mm, gorge. Ah! So gorge. Do you know hey, what Liv. is so exciting? Go on. Guys, they've just announced that Caleb has another book coming out in May 2023. Stop it. Do you know what I'm hearing loud and clear from this My conversation list. so far? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, is that a lot of the authors who are on our top tens this year mm. are already set to be in our top 10 lists for 2023 i love Can't that wait to have this conversation next year and it's basically the same authors with oh, new I books lo- i love that target for them yeah. yeah okay yeah, that's their kpi for next year so i thought i've just got the synopsis for his next book which oh, maybe i'll that's drop a really because, good idea because if people want to pre-order it then they'll like maybe know what it's about um it's called small worlds and it is about Stephen, who solves his problems by dancing, dancing at church with family, dancing with his friends in a club, dancing with his band, making music, dancing with his best friend around the living room, dancing alone at home, uncovering parts of a man he has never truly known. Stephen has ever known him, has only ever known himself in song. But what becomes of him when the music fades? When his father begins to speak of shame and sacrifice? When his home is no longer his own? How will he find space for himself? A place where he could feel beautiful, a place where he might feel free. Okay, so that's definitely one we're going to be pre-ordering. One hundred p. You know what's great is it says it in the synopsis of of Open Water, but like how his books are like like help to reframe masculinity. Yeah, and they're like these men who are in the the main characters, but you see a side to masculinity that you don't typically see in a lot of books or media. Yeah, 100%. even a man really writing vulnerable. these books. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, so beautiful. He's a ledge. All right, Lauren. Yes. You want to give us the next one on your list because here is where we part ways. Oh, okay. We are not Sad. on the same paths anymore. We have different Sad. books from here on in. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's going to be absolute records galore. <laughs> so, Lauren, over to you. What is your next book? Okie doke. Um, The next book that's made its way onto my top 10 is Songbirds by Christy Lefferty, who also wrote Beekeeper of Aleppo, which is one of my all-time favorite books, I think. And it's about Nisha, 
who has crossed oceans to give her child a future. By day, she share, she cares for Petra's daughter. At night, she mothers her own little girl by the light of a phone. Nisha's lover, Yanis, is a poacher, hunting the tiny songbirds on their way to Africa each winter. His dreams of a new life and marrying Leisha, Nisha are shattered when she vanishes. No one cares about the disappearance of a domestic worker except Petra and Yanis. As they set out to search for her, they realise how little they know about Nisha and what they uncover will change them all. I remember you read this during our little reading retreat in January. And we got a gorgeous picture at sunrise too. We did, didn't we? Oh my goodness. Yeah, good memory. Um, Again, this is another one where it's the writing style that I fell in love with. More so than the storyline, but the storyline is also just brilliant. Um, and also, well, to be honest, all of Christy Lefty's books, I, I think I love them so much because they're like little acts of activism, essentially, by like highlighting injustices through what seemingly appears as a fictional storyline, but is actually like a real world problem. Um, so as it says in the plot, like how the the disappearance of a domestic worker around the world happens every day and they sort of go under the radar as though they're not important. Um, and it, it she's just done it in such a beautiful way um, that makes you realise that, you know, of, of the injustices of like the poor in in these countries. Um, and it is it's a love story at the end of the day as well. It's Aww. just, oh, it's it's so good. I love that it has stayed in your top 10 since January. Me And we were too. on our little reader retreat. Oh, on reading retreats. Should we actually say that everything is very nearly in place for tickets to our group reading retreat to go live next year? That is going to be, oh my God, there's so much to look forward to it's, next year. There's so much to do. Um, so it's going to be in South Wales from Friday to Sunday in early June. Um, and we have been working on so many different elements to bring this together. <laughs> yeah. And one of the big bits of feedback um, from just asking you guys on stories when we started this planning process to hold this retreat was that everyone wanted a really varied price structure so options for luxury for those that want and can spend a little bit extra money but also some cheaper options and this venue has it all they've got some really fun glamping options which it will be in june so i think that will be such an like a fun thing to do yeah. but then there are also like these really lovely big cozy beds with ensuite like hot tubs and like clawfoot tub uh, bathtubs honestly and to be honest like even the the luxury quote-unquote luxury options are really still very affordable yeah we've not tried to make the whole thing as affordable, affordable as like yeah there's a lot that goes into it it's not just that we rent the place there's like the catering and also all the other fun shit that we're gonna do to this thing we've got honestly i'm so excited it's yeah I, it genuinely is going to be such a fun weekend. It is. I can't wait. So we promise it will be on sale soon. It's just got to we'll go get it live on the website and stuff and sort out the back end and whatever. So that is coming. Brace yourself to 2023. Anyway, back to books. <laughs> My next one is also one I read in January. And oh, look at that. Actually, we both read it in January, but I vibed with it more than you did. Ooh, but that interesting what doesn't mean what say. that it isn't good. 
course not. It just means that, well, it was the 100 years of Lenny and Margot. Oh, yeah, that was so good. And this, to be be honest, the only reason it's not in my top 10 and it's in yours is because this is, to a T, a Jessica book. Mm. Mm. Like, Like, there's nothing... Even reading the blurb, I was like, okay, Jess is going to go fucking nuts for this book. Yeah. And I did. And it's Tell him what it is. Turn. Tell him what it is. All right. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just so lovely. So it is. It's not Norman Foreman. <laughs> it was the paperback of Norman <laughs> No, it was. Um, it was a paperback, so it wasn't a new release this year. Um, it is set in a hospital. And the synopsis is life is short. No, yes, one knows. you haven't told us what it is. I did. Give I said the, the people hundred... what they want. I said it was the hundred years of Lenny and Margot by Mary Hudson. Yeah, because then you went, oh yeah, we literally just said this two minutes ago. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I glossed over that. So bit. it's set in a hospital, and here is a synopsis: life is short. No one knows that better than 17-year-old Lenny. But as she is about to learn, it's not only what you make of life that matters, but who you share it with. Dodging doctor's orders, she joins an art class where she bumps into fellow patient Margot, a rebel-hearted 83-year-old from the next ward. Their bond is instant as they realise that together they have lived an astonishing 100 years. To celebrate their shared century, they decide to paint their life stories of growing old and staying young, of giving joy, of receiving kindness, of losing love, of finding the person who is everything. Such a lovely story, isn't it? It's so heartwarming and just... Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I said this in the episode where we talked about this book earlier this year. We haven't talked about it. Have we not? Oh, no. crazy. Um, so you won't have said whatever you're about to say. I remember when I read it, the character of Margot that I envisioned throughout the whole book is if anyone's seen Grace and Frankie, the Netflix show, the character of Frankie is uh, is is Margot. So if you love that show and you love how eccentric and crazy and um, like creative Frankie is in that show, it's like take Frankie out, put her in this hospital situation and bish bash bosh, you've got yourself 100 years of Lenny and Margot. They are. And do you know what? Even though I love an elderly character, Lenny was my fave in this because she is just so funny. I really loved her scenes with the priest. I can't remember who's like a yeah. vicar or a priest, but like... That she's like really upfront with him about like God and she's she like, doesn't believe in God. All right, mate. But actually, like they have this really nice bond yeah. together. And actually, so much of the book is about some of the extra characters in it. So we've got like um the person who sets up the art class. There's a nurse, and we kind of yeah. hear about their little stories too in this gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And it just had me giggling and crying in equal measure. And like obviously there are some books, parts of the book that are really sad and it gets quite sad. But on the whole, I just felt full and warm. And I just oh sorry, not my microphone. I just adored it. And I, again, it's another one I'm gonna reread. <laughs> I think I'm gonna borrow box them all and do them as audio books. That is a great idea. Yeah, I love to do that. Mm, okay, do. over to you. Um, okay, so my next one then is one we talked about in our newly released paperbacks episode. And it is the incredibly weighty, mm. in all senses of the word, uh, the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois by Honoré Fanon Jeffers. And I'll remind you of what it's about once more. So since childhood, Ailey Pearl Garfield has understood 
Du Bois's words all too well. Ailey grows up in the north in the city, but spends summers in the small Georgia town of Chickasetta, where her mother's family has lived since their ancestors arrived from Africa in bondage. From an early age, Ailey fights a battle for belonging that's all made all the more difficult by a hovering trauma, as well as the whispers of women, her mother, Belle, her sister, Lydia, and a maternal line reaching back two centuries that urge her to succeed in their stead. To come to terms with her own identity, Ailey embarks on a journey through her family's past, uncovering the shocking tales of generations of ancestors, indigenous, black and white in the deep south. In doing so, she must learn to embrace her full heritage, a legacy of oppression and resistance, bondage and independence, cruelty and resilience. That is the story and the song of America itself. That is a heavy synopsis, which I guess perfectly matches this brick of a book. This one just missed out on my top 10, but I really love that it's in yours. What Mm. is it about it that put it in your top 10? It's a good question. I don't have a lot of time, willpower, desire to read long books. Mm. However, this was one where I made an exception. Same with Shantaram. And there are some books where I think it needs to be a chunk. It needs to be a brick because... Mm. If it, you know, if they'd cut the word count in half, this book wouldn't have had the same impact as it does as, yeah, you, you know, you're really in the world because you're going along with them. Same with Great Circle last year. Chunky, but worth every single page. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it was such a story that you could get really caught up in, engrossed in and familiarize yourself in that world. Um, and I actually listened to this on audio and I would highly reco the reading experience of hearing it as a book and I had a few long car journeys at the beginning of the year so I was really able to just focus on the storyline and like just get caught up in Ailey's world and I think the characters for that reason became much more 3D for me having listened to it if that makes sense yeah I did both as well I started off reading it and then I switched audio and what's really fun and now as we're recapping all these books I can literally picture myself where I was listening to or reading each one like lessons in chemistry I read when I had COVID this book I switched to the audiobook when I was driving to Blenheim Palace when I had my big ball there and I was like in this premiere in on my own getting ready and like was just listening to to Ailey's story whilst doing oh and it was like such a stressful time for me but like I had Ailey there like keeping me sane and yeah, I I'm remember really vividly listening to it on a drive to yours one day. Um, and I really associate it with driving to your house <laughs> and like getting there and being like, Jess, do you know it's Du Bois, not Du Bois? Which we were both like, but it's French. So surely it's Du Bois. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember having that conversation with I you. I do recall. So yeah, I'm very glad that's in your top 10. It is a fucking you amazing too. book. And yeah, yeah. It literally it just missed out on mine. Um, I'll move us on to my next one, which I'm not going to keep you long, guys, because I talk about it all the fucking time. It's These Precious Days by Anne Patchett. Um, It's nonfiction. It's a collection of essays and honestly just made me want to be a better person. It made me want to spend less money. It made me want to be a better friend, made me want to read more books, including some of hers. 
be more open to speaking to strangers. Like every essay is a wow. gorgeous nugget. And I think everybody should read it because then hopefully we'll all be like Anne Patchett. And I think the world would be a better place if we were all like her. Jess, I have so much FOMO and I've told you this so many times about reading this book. We'll do and a book that right there, I'm, I'm now done. I, I am getting this book. That should also be another quote on the cover. <laughs> Made me want to be a better if person. I do say so myself. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not even going to divulge any more into that. I talk about it all the time. Lauren, you're up. Okay. <laughs> um, well, the next book that made it to my top 10 was we actually discussed our next two recos on the same podcast episode mm. and mine was Hush by Kate Maxwell who we interviewed on the podcast as part of an episode we did on what was it called Jess it was like books on motherhood or... I think it was books yeah on motherhood. while you snop it I'll go and look at okay so um, the book follows the main character called Stevie who leaves her f- high-flying career to have a baby on her own because it's all she's ever wanted. But when she gives birth to Ash, she finds motherhood painfully at odds with her former life and her expectations. She begins to wonder if having a child was a mistake and what she might be willing to do to escape. And she struggles with what her future might hold. Revelations from the past change everything she believed about family and love. So it's called Hush with Kate Maxwell and more on motherhood. Kind of does what it says on the tin. Um, But yeah, no, that book is amazing. It's just phenomenal, like so honest and confronting and raw and personal, just like Bravo, Kate. Yeah, I think raw is the best word for Mm -hmm. it. And I, I think what I loved about this book so much was how... Uh, exposing into motherhood it was and how quite often you know motherhood is portrayed as like this like this most magical experience that is going to make you feel like feel whole and you know you get everything you ever wanted whereas this explores some of the really like more challenging sides to motherhood that aren't shared as openly and honestly enough in the media between mothers themselves and again it there's a there's a theme here that a lot of the books that made it in our top 10 are the book are the authors that we've interviewed because you get more insight into the book mm-hmm. don't you and you fall in love with the book way more because you hear about the author's journey and like decision to write that book and honestly I would 100% recommend going and listening to that episode because yeah the way Kate talks about her journey into writing a story like this is just oh it's it yeah it's brilliant yeah and Kate's a gem she invited us to her book launch where we met Sophie Kinsella's twin oh my god let's not relive that (laughs) um you talk about the other books in that episode okay Jess um clearly an amazing episode for both books to be in our top tens um And Maybe mine... it was that there was a real need for books to explore this topic. Really. So my one is The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Um, and it kind of parallels Hush at the start because we have yeah. this single mother, Frida, who is struggling so much that she leaves her baby at home while she heads out to run an errand. 
But while she's doing that, she had the neighbors here and she ends up getting reported. And then what we see is that this book is actually a dystopian. Um, if you're new here, then dystopians really have a special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> but Frida gets sent to the School for Good Mothers for a year and they use very unorthodox methods to improve parenting and she must pass tests to regain custody of her child lots of s sounds (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly I now understand how you said when I got my Invisalign that you can't hear it at all oh you can't no so I remember being so self-conscious about saying the letter s but yeah you're fine you're fine um Again, this is another fantastic book, mm. as you say. Racco's galore in this oh. episode. Um, it has such great commentary about being a mother and even a woman and class and race. And I think it, one says a lot that the two books we explored in this episode, two of the books we explored in the motherhood episode, made it into our top 10 because they do focus they do highlight very similar themes on motherhood and I think it just says a lot that you're the one you've you've gone with the one that's dystopian because you fucking mm. love a dystopian well, it's just the and best. I've gone uh, with Kate Maxwell's so yeah I just think like it's just so friggin' good man like it does it all and like what's really clear I mean you're like so invested in Frida and like so rooting for her but then there's also this school for good fathers and it really shows how like so much more is expected of a mother than a father and like in having this like weird world where these things happen like yeah oh it's just so good like such a clear top tenor for me definitely I remember you spoke uh remember we were on that panel earlier this year yes for the International Women's Day yeah and that was at it was at Flox Books blocks yes and I remember you recorded that book then didn't you I've just finished reading it and I was and the obsession had started yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) okay so moving us on to our next two then they are both non-fiction and have also been mentioned like at least three minimum times on the Mm. podcast already so neither should be too surprising but my choice is Finding Me by Viola Davis which is her memoir and I've said it before, but it is just so inspiring. I listened, this is another one I listened to on audio. Big fan of listening to a memoir on audio, mm. particularly, well, especially if it's narrated by the author. And it's, I just found it fascinating how she grew up in such underprivileged circumstances and gone on and through sheer grit, determination, willpower, manifesting has gone on to lead this absolutely incredible life with the most amazing experiences and whether you're familiar with her as an actor or not I I genuinely think this is one of those books where it doesn't matter one of those memoirs where it doesn't matter yeah and actually same with my one um because my one is why did you stay by rebecca humphreys who oh we didn't, that nearly made it into mind yeah. we didn't we've look we've talked about this a lot in the last month yeah um retelling so the book retells uh, her toxic relationship with sean walsh which thankfully came to an end when he was caught kissing his strictly dance partner on rebecca's birthday and she could finally see how poorly she'd been um treated through the relationship 
It's so juicy for the gossip, but also like empowering, nostalgic, funny, an absolute must read, especially if for some reason this is your first time listening to our podcast and you really loved him on I'm a Celeb, then you need to read this book. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) And buy this book. It's such a good book. It's I another one where well not another one but I I wasn't overly familiar with who Rebecca Humphreys was before reading her memoir Mm -hmm. but it's brilliant and it doesn't matter whether you know her or not because it's the storyline that counts um and again really vividly remember finishing this book on the train to Edinburgh and reading the final few pages at the end they made me cry oh I remember reading it on a on a beanbag on my lunch break in the garden and like wolfed down like at least half of the book in one lunch break like just couldn't yeah. put it down oh, okay so good. you're up what's your next one okay I'm going to pick back up on pick up pick back up on my self-acceptance journey as a newly recognized historical fiction fan and I'm going to rewind to reading That Green-Eyed Girl by Julio and Moylan. I love that we um, have learned that there is so much more historical fiction than the war. I'm really war. happy for us. The, war, the wars will really throw in us off. Actually, there's a lot more to it. Um, Lauren, will you remind us of the plot? Yeah, okay. We have, so to, we have talked about this one on the podcast, but we have a reminder. Yeah. 1955, in an apartment on the Lower East Side, school teachers Dovey and Gillian live as lodgers. Dancing behind the closed curtains, mixing cocktails for two, they guard their lives fiercely until someone guesses the truth. 1975, 20, 20 years later, in the same apartment, Ava Winters is keeping her own secret. Her mother has become erratic, haunted by something Ava doesn't understand, until one sweltering... July morning, she disappears. Soon after her mother's departure, Ava receives a parcel addressed simply to Apartment 3B. It contains a photo of a woman with the word liar scrawled across it. Ava does not know what it means or who sent it, but if she can find out, then perhaps she'll discover the answers she's seeking and meet the woman at the heart of it all. So is it actually a thriller? And that's why you love it, because that sounds creepy. (laughs) No, it's not a thriller at all. It does sound a little bit creepy. Um, and I, I don't want to give away too much because I don't want to expose how that the backstory of her receiving that uh, photograph with Lia scrawled across it. But it was just I, 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 I'm trying to think, try to pinpoint what it was about this book that I love so much. I love that it was, was a dual timeline mm-hmm. um, and they sort of flicked back and forth between 1955 and 75 and, and the central characters in each. And I loved that they, they, they both live in that same apartment, just 20 years difference. Yeah. So it's really cool to see how things changed in that 20 years and you start to like when Ava discovers a little bit more about what happened back in 1955 through her own research it then will switch back to 1955 and you'll get to that point in time where 
that fact that Ava just discovered, you see like it happened in real time. So it's it was just written really cleverly. And um yeah, it's it's a diverse read in the sense that it's two women in 1955 who are in a relationship and there is just so much homophobia at the time and how women were given what was it electric electric treatment to to cure them of their sexuality at that time so honestly just can't can't recommend it enough I know it's so engrossing you've been waffling on there in a little hole of how much you love this book it's I lovely know. to watch um so another top record um i actually have a copy of it i should probably read it hey yeah um okay i don't think i've discussed my next book and it's a book i tell people to read when they have loved daisy jones and the six by taylor jenkins read um and they want something similar that's like 70s music documentary um you could probably also argue that this is historical fiction too because it's from the 70s um but the book is the final revival of opal and nev by dawny walton i again have a lot of fomo that i didn't read this book but is it written like a documentary yeah <laughs> like it's very similar a lot of similarities so sunny is a journalist and it's her interviews and then sometimes her commentary um, as well. So here's the synop. Opal is a fiercely independent young woman pushing against the grain in her style and attitude, a black punk artist before her time. Despite her unconventional looks, Opal believes she could be a star. So when the aspiring British singer-songwriter Neville Charles discovers her one night, she takes him up on his offer to make rock music together. In early 70s New York City, just as she's finding her niche as part of a flamboyant and funky creative scene, a rival band signed to her label brandishes a Confederate flag at a promotional concert. Opal's bold protest and the violence that ensues set off a chain of events that will not only change the lives of those she loves, but also be a deadly reminder that repercussions are always harsher for women, especially black women who dare to speak their truth. Ooh, flamboyant and funky. Love she, that. She is and very was it was it flamboyant and, flung, and funky? Oh, it's, it's Opal that's flamboyant and funky. Okay. But yeah, this is, I mean, it's a flamboyant funky book. And I'm, I'll tell you that from just the opening paragraph, yeah. um, which when I started reading the book, I was like, holy fuck, what a great provocative start to a book. And I put oh, it on stories. You put it on stories. And this is what everyone just went nuts for it, didn't they? They went fucking nuts. And I was like, well, read the book, guys. This, this is the book. So I'm going to read it again here. Yeah. It starts with. Disclosure. My father, a drummer named Jimmy Curtis, fell in love with Opal Jewel in the summer of 1970. For the duration of their affair, he was married to my mother, who in 71 got pregnant with me. Before my birth, before the world had a chance to know much about my father beyond these facts, he was beaten to death by a racist gang during the riot at a Rivington showcase. And because my mother could could bury his broken... Sorry. And before my mother could bury his broken body, his mistress blazed to stardom. And see why can't you yeah and it's just like that's a loaded first paragraph and this book is. is loaded it's very political okay. and feminist mm-hmm. and cool and full of music and relationships and flamboyant and funky, funky. it's got so much funkiness like <laughs> it's a, like it's just 
really cool and like if you if you love daisy jones because you're like oh my god like this yeah. what i've never read anything like this oh my god like this is this will fill that hole for you like you have Good. to get over the fact that there are a lot of similarities like a documentary about a band in the 70s yeah, in the 70s but just enjoy that man yes we've got another one i think she's a quote i've seen i've seen a quote from her about this book it's not on the hardback but maybe it's on okay. the paperback um that. so yeah just fab fucking fab of course it was going to be my top 10 yeah the energy is oozing from this episode we both can't <laughs> shut up about the books that we love um okay since we literally just talked about the next book two eps ago episodes ago i'm not going to touch on it in too much detail but i'm just going to announce that the most of nora efron made it into my top 10 and if I'm you very, want to know I'm very why i'm happy for you just rewind two episodes i love that she snuck in at the end like it's nearly the end yeah. of the year but she was like yeah here i go that was her <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> okay okay yeah. jess your penultimate one let's have it okay this is the one i read in the summer that whilst reading it i thought oh actually lauren would really enjoy this and it oh. is 30 things i love about myself by radika sangani and the reasons i thought you would love it just to recap is because you like the self-help genre. And the premise of the book is that on her 30th birthday, the protagonist, Nina, wakes up in a prison cell and a little self-help book finds its way into her hands. She's also big on star signs, and that is your jam. It really is. Um, and yeah, so she, she the, the book is that she spends the, her 30th year of life following 30 steps, learning to love herself. But there's also lots of drama that goes on with it like she blows up as a journalist and like becomes a bit viral her brother's really struggling with depression her mother can be quite overbearing like so readable was just turning 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 the pages like couldn't put it down was so invested really easy to read um yeah and you know what I turned 30 next year so maybe I should read this now can I get it for your 30th birthday instead That's a great I think gift. I want to read it before I turn 30, though. But she starts it at be- 30. Okay, well, let's just hope and pray I don't wake up in a prison cell on my 30th birthday. Or are we going to have that such a good night cool. that you're going to end up in But what's funny, actually, is that... Uh, so I will add a book to my top 10 list as soon yeah. as I've read it. And before this episode, I consulted my list, like, what's actually on there? Yeah. And I was surprised. I was surprised to see this on there, even though I like really, really enjoyed it and loved it. Yeah. And it was so, so great. I didn't think it would be in my top 10, okay. but I really love that I will add a book when I'm reading it or just finished it when I'm like so mm. wrapped up in it. Because I'm so glad I do that It just too. shows what an effect the book had on me at the time. At so the I'm time. Really glad that I made that note and that it's here totally today. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. And I do, my version of that is I just put a little star next to it when I mm. read it but next year so in January I'm gonna start fresh my reading journal mm. and although it's undated I'm I've chosen to start mine in January and I'm gonna use our um favorite book of the year Pages. little flow yeah. chart mm-hmm. to keep track of it so I'm really excited to and that start flow doing that chart next year yeah can take you to one top book of the year oh so that's going to be exciting because we haven't done that today and I'm also not going to because I can't choose yeah but next year you're gonna have to so next year (gasps) we'll have to use that format 
to track in this final episode. Mm. So see you in 2023 and you're oh. going to have that flowchart with one favourite book of the year. Gosh, what's it going to be? I mean, it's going to be Caleb's second book. <laughs> okay, anyway, we've each got one more to go. One more to go. Lauren, what is your one? I don't even know what your one is. Okay, so this was my wild card. Not my wild card, but I had nine books mm-hmm. that were my top book of the year. And then I just left one space for my final book of the year. And I was going through all the books that I've read. And I'm actually going to go for a book, which I could be wrong, but I think was in your top 10 last year. And that is Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn. I don't know if it was. I can't remember. I really bloody loved it. I really just want to stop you a second because you just held up nine fingers when you were talking about nine and it's really fucking blown my mind that you put your pinky down and not your thumb. Yeah, I never put my thumb down. That feels weird. Make nine with your fingers and let us know if you put a pinky down fucking weird because it bends your ring finger down or if it sounds like but it doesn't person. bend my ring finger down oh because you just do it from the knuckle yeah that's crazy like a right angle yeah oh. that is I wild. still that still feels crazy to me it's all about Nine. the thumbs no it's not ah! okay anyway back to conversations on love by the dust i'm gonna put a poll <laughs> on stories <laughs> How do you make a how do you make a nine? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so my um reason it was in my top ten is it didn't come out this year, but I remember I got such FOMO when Jess read it last year and I didn't. So and I actually went to an event uh where Natasha Lunn was speaking, and again it was hearing her talk about this book that made me think holy shit I why have I not read this like I've really missed out I've and I'm so glad I did I read it in the summer and I have not stopped recoing it or talking about it ever since and I've actually gifted it to a few friends and the reason I've gifted it to a few friends was because when I read the chapter or the the essay from Candice Carty Williams where her advice on love and friend about friendship and the love between friends is one of her advice pieces of advice was like the importance of wooing your friends and like buying Mm. your friend a present and so when I read that I was like okay I'm now gonna buy this book and send it to a friend um and just spread the love because it is one of those books that is just there's like regardless of what stage in your life you're at I think there is something in here that resonates with everyone and just gets you thinking about like all the things you have in your life and all the people you have in your life. Yeah, that's a nice way to look at it. And actually we, well, at the time I was the only one that had read it, but we've our episode that's called Love in Nonfiction. It's talked about in there with a few other books like Millennial Love and that's um, a really good episode actually it is i like i might really listen to that if we do say i don't know if i'll listen to it this time around um okay my final book is not even a a surprise guys it's (laughs) obviously going to be by taylor jenkins reed if she's got a book coming out in in that year it's going to be in there like it's just guaranteed um so my final book is carrie soto is back (laughs) and we've got a whole podcast episode about this book um it's just freaking phenomenal. It's about a retired tennis star who wants some, like some young thing's going to steal her Grand Slam title. She's like, no, you're fucking not. And so she enters back into tennis and dominates the circuit. And it's just amazing. I don't care about tennis, but I very much <laughs> care about Carrie Soto. I was so here. Like, I just enjoyed hearing about a tennis ball going back and forth. Like, 
so that's how good it riveting. is. Riveting. It yeah. is absolutely riveting. Yeah. So yeah, that was a very clear straight onto the top 10 list. Yeah. And we've got a whole episode Ooh, on that book. So so many books. So all in. of these are going to be in the show notes, Lauren. You're going to put them all there? Indeed. Indeed. And we'll also soon have pictures up on the grid with them if you need to like refer back to them and things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, need to take that. Wow. It was a really good year, Jess. We read some fantastic books. And interviewed so like there are more authors that we had on. Like we had um Sook Ojla, we had Kirsty Capes, she chatted about the women's prize. That was really yeah. fun. Like so many. Borna Bell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so Borna Bell's book was in our top ten the year before, because that's when it first yeah. came out and that's when we read it. Like and so got, many cool yeah. people. Um and thanks Can't everyone for listening. Year. Yeah, thank you so much. You know what's really fun? And I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, sorry, not my microphone again. If we've been doing this for a year and I'm still knocking my microphone. Um, is that I think you can comment on episodes on Spotify because yes, our like podcast platform notified us that someone had commented on one. So if you listen on Spotify, because you can't like rate or leave a review there, feel free to comment on an episode. That's really cute. I loved reading that. Yeah. And if you listen on Apple, then please as well leave a review because we do go and read them and it is really nice to just know that we aren't talking into an abyss yeah and also like everything we do costs money like it costs us money to do this podcast our website costs us money so like the more reviews there are the more we're going to be able to work with brands and fab sponsors so it's yeah. just like really helpful and nice to do it would be a little present to us for christmas Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And you could share our podcast with your reading buddy. If they like to read, they might like this. And if you don't already, then subscribe to our newsletter at www.bookcoast.com for a monthly roundup of what we recommend reading. See you next year. We'll be here.